0: This podcast contains graphic descriptions that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Now, with that being said, welcome to the Mortal Musings podcast.
1: Right, let's do this.
0: So, I remember this one time Neil went for an eye test, and I was sat in the room as he was getting it done, and, um, At one point, um, I think the receptionist called in Mm -hmm. to ask the optician something. So she was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll be back in a minute. She walked out the door. Neil lifted that thing like away from his face, you know, the big fucking magnifying yoke, whatever you call it. And he leaned forward to look at the...
1: I got up. I got up out of the chair. To
0: look at the thing on the wall that, you know, like the test. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm getting the answers." I'm like, "What do you mean you're getting the answers? You're about to pay a few hundred quid for glasses, yeah. and now they're not going to be correct because you're not being honest about the capability of your eyesight."
1: But yeah, I d-
0: don't I don't want to hear. I don't want. I don't like to lose. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you?
1: Look, it doesn't make sense now, but at the time, it. I thought it made sense. It
0: absolutely did not. It does not. It will not.
1: I didn't want glasses.
0: But you needed them. <laughs> I i mean, that's one of the most absolutely outrageous things I've ever witnessed in my life.
1: <laughs> like, how dare you? I think what's even better is when I got halfway through it, I'd forgotten. I like, went, what the fuck? Can't, can't you remember? She said, right, can you... Uh, she came back in and she said, right, can you read the the letters on the wall and confidently I was reading them out mm-hmm. as if I could see them. and then it got to the point where I couldn't remember them. so then I was actually really trying <laughs> trying to fucking see him
0: you infuriate me
1: <laughs> I forgot about that yeah it's never a dull day never <laughs> so, so th- what need wood Because we spoke. uh, Jinx. You can't just say jinx. Yes, I can. No. Jinx touch wood. This is a fun podcast. Hey, Murderitas,
0: I'm Danica. Human. We are the mother-daughter hosts of Murder and Mimosas,
1: a true crime podcast that strives to focus on lesser known cases.
0: We personally think these episodes go down a little bit better with a mimosa. You said we share. So grab yours and get ready because every Saturday at brunch time is a new episode. You can listen to us on any podcast. So, today we're going to cover a mass murder, and it is the case of Richard Speck. Are you familiar?
1: No. Should I?
0: I'd say it's a big enough one. Yeah.
1: How long ago was it?
0: Uh, It happened in the 60s.
1: Uh, I weren't alive then.
0: So, Richard Benjamin Speck was born on the 6th of December in 1941, and that was in Kirkwood, Illinois. And he was the seventh, seventh, he was the seventh. <laughs> Fuck me.
1: That Jeez. was very Irish.
0: He was the seventh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And he was the seventh of eight children born to parents, Benjamin Franklin Speck and Mary Margaret Carber. And his father, he worked as a packer at a Western stoneware and his mother, uh, I don't think she worked, um, I just saw her described as a religious teetotaler.
1: That's all you could find on her?
0: Yeah, I I don't think she worked. I think she was maybe staying home. Well, I mean, she probably had to be eight kids. She was busy.
1: She was probably fucking disabled.
0: She was probably absolutely wrecked. So in 1947, when Richard was just six years old, his father died of a heart attack at the age of 53. And it was said that this greatly upset him. They were said to have had a very close bond. So definitely made an impact on Richard. Yeah. Now, Richard's mother, she would go on to remarry three years later. And that was on the 10th of May, 1950. His new stepfather, Carl August Rudolf Lindbergh. What? That was his full name. Say that again? Carl August Rudolf Lindbergh.
1: Is he taken the piss? <laughs> uh, I'd love to see his signature.
0: Well, he was—he was a travelling insurance salesman, so he probably had to sign a lot of documents. So,
1: Like can you imagine the length of His it, it, fucking it's, it, bi- be, his business card would be the length of a fucking ruler.
0: If anyone's seen um, Kevin and Perry go large, it was in the movie, wasn't it? Um, Kevin gets asked to sign something from a delivery guy, and he (laughs) he signs it, and he like whips it round over and over again to take over all other um, slots on the page. (laughs) So that that's what Carl did. Yeah, he went around just pissing off delivery men, allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) So his stepfather was said to have been a heavy drinker, and he also had an extensive criminal record.
1: Seems a bit. Different to the father.
0: He was a bit of a devil, yeah. And like I said, he's a bit different to the father figure he was used to. And Richard was said to have not liked his stepfather. His stepfather was said to have been absent a lot. And when he was there, he would just be drunk and abusive.
1: Uh, You don't mean needing that.
0: You absolutely don't. So after his mother had remarried, Richard and his sister Carolyn... They would stay with his older sister, Sarah, while he finished second grade. They would then move and join his mother and stepfather in Santo, Texas. And I I assume that's where the stepfather was from. Uh, When the mother had met him, it was on a train. You know, presumably he was travelling for work. Yeah. Being a travelling salesman.
1: Ah, so it's part of it then.
0: Which means part of it.
1: (laughs) Travelling salesman, he's going to fucking travel.
0: He's going to travel, yeah. And, uh... In the space of 12 years, the family would actually move home 10 times.
1: What? What?
0: Yeah, a lot of travelling. There, there's a lot of back and forth in the story for Richard. So all the different areas they end up moving to, they were all low income areas. Uh, they would eventually stay in Dallas. In 1952, Richard's eldest brother, Robert, died. He was only 23 years old and his death was the result of a car accident. Not long after his brother's death Richard would begin drinking and by the time he was 15 years old it had become a daily occurrence in his life.
1: What, so at 15 would he have been classed as an alcoholic? Yeah, or dependent? The... like.
0: From the sounds of it, yeah, yeah. Fuck.
1: Sounds Irish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so along with alcohol starting to become a of an issue in his life. He was also starting to struggle academically. He was failing all of his subjects and he would end up dropping out of school at the age of sixteen.
1: Well, he were gonna fail all his subjects, he were always
0: pissed. Yeah. It's hard to concentrate, you know. Uh well I mean I can't say anything. I left school at sixteen, so no judgment there.
1: Well, I'm British, so I finished school at sixteen.
0: Yeah, I, I've always I've never understood that.
1: I could have stayed on for an extra year or gone to college.
0: We've talked about that before, because on one side of the argument, I kind of look at it as, you know, I hated school. If I could have been done done at 16, would have loved it. Yeah. But the other side would, for me is like, you're expecting a 16 year old to make decisions about what they want to do next in life. They're 16.
1: Um, well, actually, uh, let me try and think. I'd say it were about year nine. So I would have been 14. Is that right? 14, 13, 13 or 14. What, like aptitude test or something? No, that they'd, um, they'd ask you what you want to do. And but you mean
0: like optional subjects? Because we did that over here as no, well. No, they'd
1: send you to a business to work.
0: Work experience. Yeah. Okay.
1: So even at 13, 14, they were like, oh, what would you like to do? And me, I went panel beater and painter.
0: That's quite intense. It's very young.
1: Yeah. But, but then, yeah, like you said, leaving school at 16, you're supposed to know what you yeah. want to do
0: but it's about I mean you can always change but
1: I think uh, don't quote me but I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere but they're on about changing the UK schooling system to 18 you finish school I'm sure I heard that somewhere
0: Yeah as, as far as I'm aware it's it's the most common like in, in majority of countries it's 18 as, as far as I'm aware So getting back to Richard this stage, it had been a tough few years for poor old Richie. His father had died, his brother had also died, and from the sounds of it, his mother had married a right arsehole. Yeah. He also doesn't seem to have any stability in terms of a solid home base. You know, he's also dropped out after struggling in school and you know, he's now an alcoholic.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you no said about him moving how many times?
0: times. Ten times. In the space of twelve years, they had moved home uh, ten times.
1: Yeah, so he had no mates because any mates he made, they moved, and (laughs) he had to start over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty tough.
0: Yeah. So moving on a few years now, in 1960, Richard was working at a bottling factory for Seven Up, and he would work there for three years. Now, in 1961, Richard, now nineteen he met a 15-year-old by the name of Shirley Annette Malone. Now, after only a few weeks of dating, Shirley fell pregnant.
1: Wait, a few weeks?
0: A few weeks, yeah. So...
1: (laughs) I'm sensing uh, there could be an issue with that. How rapid that would have to be for you to think, I need to take a test to find out if I'm pregnant. Mm. three weeks like what's the average What's well, it's for... a few weeks yeah a few weeks so that's three weeks
0: well it's just a few weeks of dating so maybe beforehand they've been oh okay fucking so with them now expecting a baby Richard and Shirley would marry only a few months later uh, I thought she was 15 yeah she was how'd you get married um, I'm pretty sure you can get married if your parent or guardian agrees to it, as far as I know.
1: What? How do you know that?
0: Yeah. Now, again, this is uh, 1961. It could have changed since then, you know. Yeah. I, I think in Ireland, if you're 16 and over, with parents' permission, you can get married.
1: That's I, I think it's the same in the UK. That's insane.
0: The couple moved in with his sister, Carolyn, and her husband. And now separated from the stepfather, Richard's mother was also living there. On the 5th of July, 1962, Richard and Shirley's daughter, Robbie Lynn Speck, was born. So, you know, he's now married, he's got a daughter. You'd think, you know,
1: it's going good. He's still an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I thought you was going to say everything's fine and dandy, but he's no, still an alcoholic. He's
0: still an alcoholic, but you think, you know, maybe there's some good in his life. You know, yeah, at
1: least he's got some sort of stability. Like... Yeah.
0: yeah, but that, that's what you think. Um, but you would be wrong. Um, <laughs> okay. Richard wasn't actually around for the birth of his daughter. He was currently serving a 22 day sentence for disturbing the peace after boxing the head off someone.
1: Sounds like yourself.
0: It was actually worded as a drunken fight, but I thought boxing the head off someone sounded funnier.
1: Yeah, sounds like yourself.
0: Well, you know, maybe there was a bit of Irish in him. Now, in July 1963, Richard was convicted of both forgery and burglary. Now, what he had done was forged and cashed a co-worker's paycheck for the amount of $44.
1: In the 60s. So that's. Yes. Do you know what that'd be in today's money? Let me check. I think it'd be a fair bit.
0: Yeah. So if you were to convert that to today's amount, it's it's like a week's pay. It's uh, a, I think as far as I make out, it, it's about 450 dollars. So he's being a bit of a devil. Yeah. Now, as for the burglary. From a supermarket, he stole cigarettes, beer and $3, which is roughly $30 worth today. For this, he was sentenced to three years in prison. Fuck! What do you mean fuck? Forgery and robbery.
1: Yeah, but it it wasn't armed robbery.
0: No, it wasn't, but he's still being a bit of a devil. But yeah, no, he was sentenced to three years in prison, but he was released on parole in 1965 after serving 16 months. In the Texas State Penitentiary. So, again, you'd kind of think, you know, oh, he's kind of got off a bit easy there, 16 yeah. months. Yeah. You know, also, he's got his daughter. You'd think he's delighted to see her. No, he, he was back inside within a week's time. Within a week? Yeah, for fuck's sake, Richard, come on. So, he was arrested on the 9th of September, 1965. Uh, Neil, here Adventure, I guess. We've had. Disturbing the peace, we've had forgery and we've had burglary.
1: Right, so we've had fighting, forgery, burglary.
0: Smoking, drinking, and fighting.
1: Indecent exposure, he got his lad out.
0: No. In the car park of an apartment building, he uh he attacked a woman with a 17-inch carving knife.
1: Well that's escalated.
0: That a little <laughs> bit. Just a, just a tad. <laughs> so he just ran. She, she started screaming and he just legged it. Right? The police arrived shortly after the incident had taken place and they found Richard not far from the scene. So after that arrest, Richard was convicted of aggravated assault and sentenced to 16 months along with the sentence for violating the conditions of his
1: parole. See, that I have an issue with. So forgery and burglary, he was sentenced to three years and he served 16 months and then how long after how long was he out uh a week a week so a week later he attacks a woman with a knife and he gets 16 months
0: yeah i I do agree with you there that's a little bit (laughs) off you know especially with priors It, it doesn't make any sense to me
1: and it's not like it's a different state different county it's the same place isn't it yeah yeah
0: so yeah, like I said, he was, he was sentenced to 16 months along with the sentence for violating conditions of his parole. But due to someone's fuck up, it was some kind of error in the paperwork. He was released on the 2nd of July 1965 after just six months. Fucking okay, hell. Yeah, so he just served the sentence for violating his parole. Now, after his release, Richard got a job as a delivery driver, but he was sacked after three months. He had had six accidents in the company truck <laughs> and also didn't bother showing up for work. Um, now, he wasn't actually sacked for the accidents in the company vehicle.
1: I was going to say, he was, definitely wasn't a good driver.
0: Yeah, but th- th- no, they weren't bothered about that. It was just because he didn't show up for work. That was like, no, how d- you're one foot over the line, Richard.
1: I think the best excuse I've ever heard for someone not showing up to work was,
0: I can't come in. I'm still pissed. I'm still pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was someone we worked with. Uh, I How he got away with it, I will never know.
1: Well, the best thing is the place we work, that's where he got pissed. Yes. He was there until the place closed. Yes. And he was supposed to be in at 6am. Yeah. The next morning. And he rang up and went, I can't come in. I'm still pissed. And he still works there.
0: It's insane. <laughs> I... I There's no words. There's really not.
1: If I was the manager who answered that phone, I'd be like, are you taking the piss? Honestly, Like, is it April Fool's? Yeah. What what is...
0: (laughs) So by January 1966, his wife, who he was already separated from at this point, she filed for divorce and she would go on to remarry two days after she was granted the divorce.
1: Oh, that weren't planned then.
0: Yeah, but you know, they're already separated. Maybe it was like... They've already yeah. kind of moved on.
1: That's why the divorce happened, so she could get yeah, remarried. Yeah, I'd
0: say so. So at this point, now separated, Richard had moved in with a 29-year-old woman and she was an ex-professional wrestler who now worked as a bartender at his favourite bar, Ginny's Lounge.
1: You don't want to be going, going at her with a knife.
0: <laughs> now, as far as I know, it wasn't a romantic relationship. Um, it was more of an arrangement um, she would give him a place to stay and he would babysit her three children in return. Well, what is...
1: We've only just covered Ed Gein and you told me people were letting him babysit. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing, the difference is, the big difference is, Ed Gein, they just saw as, oh, he's a little bit slow, you know, he's a little bit odd. He's harmless. But he's harmless. Yeah. This cunt... Uh, hang on. I, I don't know if This fucker Yeah Has been in prison Multiple times Attack him with a knife Yeah uh, Drunken bo- fights Boxing the head off someone That was the official charge, yeah Like And is an alcoholic
0: Yes So, keeping with what you're saying now At the same bar where she worked Richard stabbed a man with a knife And was charged with aggravated assault For fuck's sake <laughs> but but okay Neil his charges were reduced to disturbing the peace alright what yeah Uh, here's the kicker you ready for this one so like I said his charges were reduced to disturbing the peace and he was given a $10 fine but he was jailed for three days because he failed to pay his fine yeah (sighs) I'm guessing it was like ah fuck off I'm not paying it like he's been in and out that many times, he's probably like, eh, three days. It'll breakaway. What's
1: another stint. Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> I miss the lads. Miss the crack with the lads.
1: Ah, oh, God. And ten dollars would be like what that, three that three dollars enough. Three like, did you say three dollars hmm. were like forty? Thirty, yeah. Oh yeah, so ten dollars, yeah.
0: So in March 1966, Richard robbed a shop, stealing 70 cartons of cigarettes, which he would then sell on.
1: This guy's just
0: taking the piss. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> so I, I, wait, I'd i heard of Richard Speck, the mass murderer. Yeah.
1: I know, I didn't I, know. I, sorry, I just completely forgot. This is, you told me at the beginning, this is a mass murder.
0: Yes. How much fucking shit does he do before this mass murder? Right. Okay. I started looking into this episode and I was like, like I said, Richard Speck, he was a mass murderer. It's going to be an episode about, you know, surrounding one night. Yeah. The one incident.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, no, I was very wrong. He's got a lot of shit in his backstory. You okay? Yeah, he's just... I, I know, there's so much.
1: I'm, I, I've, right, all seriousness, I'm not doing this for acting. I couldn't tell you how many charges he's had so far.
0: I know. Seriously, when I was researching this, I was just like, "I." D- <laughs> he traveled back and forth a lot. He's in and out of prison. It, there's a lot going like, on. I hope the listeners life.
1: can follow this because, like, it's a lot to follow. With it is, the charges, yeah. where he's moved to, yes, uh, facts of people who've died around him and left him, and
0: yeah, there's so much in this case.
1: The fact that he was an alcoholic at 15, but he's taking the piss
0: so the police were able to trace the car that Richard had used and it turned out he had only bought it the day before on the 8th of March and the police would issue a warrant for Richard's arrest now they weren't able to get him though because the next day Richard's sister Carolyn drove him to the bus station where he (laughs) set off for Chicago
1: moving again I know Right, I fucked I fuck that state up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right, lads, where to next? On
1: to the next one. Yeah. I'll try again.
0: <laughs> so, now back in Illinois, he would stay with his sister Martha, and she was a registered nurse. Her husband Gene, he was a railroad switchman, and they also had two teenage daughters. Now, Richard, he wouldn't stay there for long. Um, only for a few days before he returned to his hometown of Monmouth, and while there, his brother Howard, who was a carpenter, was able to get Richard a job working with another carpenter, sanding plasterboard.
1: Okay, steady job.
0: Yeah. And around this time, he was living in the Christie Hotel and spending the majority of his time in bars. Go away. <laughs> Well, you know what we say, Neil.
1: He was a slave to the drink. Yeah, slave to the drink.
0: <laughs> now, one night while out drinking with his friends, Richard was detained after reportedly threatening a man with a knife in the bathroom of a bar. Although I don't think anything really came of it. Why would it? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was noted, but it was, well, it kind of just follows his pattern, but it wasn't under. He didn't catch another charge, so. Okay. On the 3rd of April, Richard entered the house of a 65-year-old woman, Mrs. Virgil Harris. She'd gotten home at around 1am after spending the evening babysitting to find Richard stood there holding a knife. fuck's sake. Yeah. She described him as very polite and spoke very softly with a southern drawl. He blindfolded her, tied her up and raped her.
1: Well, that fucking took a tip. He was polite. (laughs)
0: That's just how she, like, I'm guessing while he was doing these things, like, you know, when he was, when she entered, he was like, I assume explaining, I'm just going to sit you down here. I'm going to, like, that's how I envisioned it from how calmly she seemed to speak about it.
1: Is this the guy, you, you told me once about a guy who, I don't know if he raped women. Once he'd got a woman, his hand grazed a tit and he apologised.
0: No, that was Edmund Kemper.
1: Oh, okay. I don't know that one is.
0: He also stole various items from her home, as well as the $2.50 she had earned from babysitting that night.
1: And he should know how hard babysitting is. You
0: know what? Three kids he had to take care of.
1: Yeah. Well, how would he feel if someone came in and took his... How would you like it, Richard?
0: (laughs) On the 9th of April at around 12.20am, a a 32-year-old woman named Mary Catherine Pierce was last seen leaving her brother-in-law's bar, Frank's Place, where she also worked. On the 13th of April, her body was found in an empty hog house behind the bar. Her cause of death was said to have been from a blow to her abdomen that ruptured her liver.
1: Fucking hell.
0: Yeah. Now, Richard was often seen at Frank's place and he'd also helped build the hog house months before. On the 15th of April, police would informally question Richard about the death of Mary Catherine Pierce and asked him not to travel out of town for the time being. But, you know, you know Richie. He gets a bit restless.
1: Oh, fucking Richie.
0: <laughs> so, when police showed up to his hotel on the 19th of April, Richard had already fucked off. He was gone. <laughs> <For> fuck's sake. <laughs> Only a few hours earlier, Richard had took his suitcase and left. And he told people he was just going to mat. Now, when police searched his room, they found a radio... And also costume jewellery belonging to Mrs Virgil Harris, as well as other items reported missing from two separate burglaries in the last few months.
1: This has been up to his old tricks with burglary as well.
0: Yeah, it was was just Richard being Richard.
1: I've I've just remembered again, we're still not even at the mass murder.
0: No, we still got a little bit to go.
1: fuck's sake.
0: Yeah, Richard is quite a backstory. So, after that close call, Richard headed back to Chicago to his sister Martha's home. You know, like you said, he's back and forth all over
1: the gaff. Don't don't his family member... Like, so, when he's going back to a family member, Mm -hmm. aren't they going, why can't you sit still? Yes. Have you got worms?
0: Yes, exactly. So, like I said, he's back and forth. So, he's now back at Martha's home. And very shortly after arriving back in Chicago... Richard's brother-in-law, Gene, suggested that Richard apply for the U.S. Merchant Marines. So obviously at this point, Martha and Gene are like, get it together. Like, pull your fucking socks up. Come on. So on the 25th of April, Gene took Richard to the U.S. Coast Guard's office to apply for a letter of authority to work as an apprentice seaman. Now, this process included a physical exam by a doctor, as well as being photographed and fingerprinted.
1: Ah, it's fucked. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, just they're on file there now, aren't they?
1: Well, he's obviously not going to pass a medical. He'll have been pissed when he went for the fucking <laughs> exam.
0: Well, he, he must have passed anyway, because he started working pretty much instantly, joining a crew of 33 others. Now, Richard's first venture didn't last long. It started <laughs> on the 30th of April, and... On the 3rd of May, he had to be evacuated by helicopter to St. Joseph's Hospital in Michigan. And that was for an emergency appendectomy.
1: Uh, um, appendix? Yeah. Okay, so we've got one What's so not his fault.
0: It's not his fault. No, can't help that. But it, it is just another thing, another back and forth
1: <laughs> yeah. with Richard.
0: Once Richard was discharged from the hospital... He returned to Martha's home in Chicago to recover (laughs) following his surgery. Like, you know Martha's just like,
1: this fucking guy. Like... You know what she kept thinking? hmm? It's this fucking groundhog day. (laughs) (laughs) He just won't fuck off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So once Richard had recovered, he returned to work on the 20th of May. This stint would last until the 14th of June. Do you want to place your pet what went wrong this time?
1: Who's he decked? He's knocked someone out. Is I was I was wrong when I said he got his lad out. I, I'm I'm going to play it safe. He's boxed someone. He's he's beat someone up.
0: Richard had gotten drunk and, after an altercation with one of the boat's officers, he was put ashore the following day. They're like, "Get the fuck off!" Right, we're done. He's acting the bollocks He's acting the bollock snail. <laughs> <laughs> so, after he was fucked off the boat. Richard would stay in a DOS house and if you're not familiar it's just very low cost accommodation uh, usually with shared bathrooms and yeah
1: that, and they're usually like uh, what like we, a room what with like we, bunk beds we, or something what we class is like um, hostel
0: kind of like a hostel but I think it was cheaper than that again it was like
1: you, can't, you, you really... can't get cheaper than hostel
0: <laughs> so that was in Chicago and he stayed there for about a week before catching a train to Michigan <sighs>
1: What's Michigan done to him? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the reason he travelled to Michigan was to visit Judy. It was a friend of his. She was a twenty-eight-year-old nurse who he had become friends with during his stay at St. Joseph's Hospital. And Judy seemed to be a very sweet person. She she I mean, to take him in after just, you know, caring for him for a while in the hospital. Yeah. You know, she also gave Richard eighty dollars to support himself until he found work. So Ash, Judy, Judy's a saint. We love Judy. Yeah. So after his little visit with Judy, Richard travelled back to Chicago again to stay with Martha. Mar- Martha.
1: Martha again.
0: To stay with Martha again.
1: Right. Do you know if I was Martha her, again. Right. Do you know if I was Jean? Mm. I'd be, we're fucking moving. Yeah. Don't forward the address. <laughs> 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 I fucking had it up to you with this yeah. shit. <laughs> They, they
0: did seem to be really good to him though like they took him in after you know his surgery to recover and even like getting him like trying to be like right come on get up let's go we're gonna bring you down you know what I mean
1: uh, right I don't condone murder <laughs> but if you was gonna twist this, this case to he's, he's not the killer they Gene. are <laughs> they was like we're fucking killing him even when it was Richard I knew it was Gene <laughs> Like, I bet they've had it up to here. I, like, yeah. I Obviously, I don't know who Martha and Jean are. He's a messer, like. But I can, I can feel their uh, frustration.
0: Yes. I know, can you? You haven't
1: said they're frustrated.
0: No. They seem to be absolutely lovely to him. They seem to really, like, want the best for him. But fucking Richard can't just get it together. So, on the 30th of June, Jean brought Richard to the NMU which is the National Maritime Union, and that was to apply for a seaman card. It's fucking shipping him off again! Fuck off! Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> now, about a week later, Richard returned to the NMU to collect a seaman's card and register for a placement. But he would miss out to someone with a little bit more seniority to
1: him. OK. That happened. Did he take this ha- well? of to the
0: best of us. <laughs> Now, by the 11th of July, Richard had outstayed his welcome at his sister's house.
1: No shit.
0: (laughs) Fuck's sake. After this, Richard stayed the night in a rooming house. And the following day, Richard received an assignment, which was about 30 minutes drive away. But unfortunately, when he arrived there, his spot had already been taken. So he was driven back to the NMU, which by at this time was now closed for the day. Fuck! My jeez, the amount of back and forth.
1: Who is used to it?
0: Uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah, he's a well-travelled man. Yeah. So, at this stage, Richard didn't have enough money to pay for accommodation, so he just found an unfinished home and slept there for the night. So I think we're going to leave it there for part one. We're starting to kind of come to the end of Richard's backstory and we're starting to, you know, get a bit closer to the murders. Yeah. And yeah, next episode we're going to get into that and obviously his trial and a little bit about the victims.
1: Thanks. Yeah, he's been through the wars so far. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of back and forth.
0: I, I hope I did a good enough job that people can follow it fluidly. There's so much. He I was don't, here, he was I there. I don't
1: think... I don't it's think. It, I don't <laughs> think it matters how well you tell it. It is a head scratcher. Yeah, you're forgetting you where. Hang on, has it been there before? Yeah, like. Where's I, Waldo? I, like I know Martha. You said Martha quite a few times. Yeah.
0: But uh, I think before we go, we'll uh, do a little oddity. As always. As always. Now, Gavin and Stacy.
1: I know it well. Yeah. TV uh, show.
0: Yeah. It's uh well I I don't watch it but it's a very very loved show it's very well known yeah it's okay you ever notice anything about the character names in it because you did watch it you were a fan
1: yeah I know it well um there was Gavin Daisy all right M- I can't so actually think of any of her names shit um, S- Smithy
0: Smithy that was one wasn't it
1: Smithy 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 Smithy.
0: It was James Corden's character in it anyway. That that fella.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my favourite scene in it is the takeaway. Mm -hmm. He's like, if you've been eyeing up my booners, I bet you are (laughs) That that one's fucking gold.
0: But what what I was gonna say to you, it's not so much about, you know, the, the first names. They're surnames.
1: I don't think I don't think they ever say the surnames. Not what I can remember.
0: Okay, well, Gavin's second name is Shipman. Um Stacy's second name is West and there's also Peter and Don Sutcliffe. I don't know who those characters are.
1: Peter and Don?
0: Yeah, they were friends oh, of the so, parents.
1: Yeah, Gavin's parents. I, I, I don't know if they were neighbours or they were just friends of Gavin's parents. There was, there was a couple.
0: Yeah, well, Probably have you then. noticed something about their names?
1: Wait, so West...
0: West, Shipman and Sutcliffe. Oh, the serial killers? Yes.
1: That's he, fucked.
0: Show writers James Corden and Ruth Jones named the characters after notorious serial killers. Fred and Rose West, Peter Sutcliffe and Harold Shipman. And they did this as just a little nod to the darker side of humour.
1: Right. I can't stand James Corden, but that's brilliant.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of his, but I... That like is especially brilliant. A show like Gavin and Stacey where it's kind of like just like something that's like fun, easy to watch. Yeah. And then these two little shits (laughs) snuck in this like real sinister side to it just for the crack.
1: I I can't think. Like obviously I didn't notice because I I didn't even know the surnames.
0: Yeah, well there you go.
1: That is an interesting one.
0: Isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was a I I've made myself
1: name. look a fool, you know. I'm there saying, "Oh yeah, Gavin and Stacey, I know it well." And no, you uh, wow. "What are the names? Uh, Gavin Stacey? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's me done. <laughs> I'm out." But yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a, that, that was a good one. Yeah, I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks for that. Thank
0: you so much for listening. Find us on Patreon, TikTok, Facebook and Instagram. If you have a case suggestion or maybe even your own story, email us at mortalmusingspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com.